When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back again, it's another episode of your favorite jujitsu podcast, The Fistful of Collars. Welcome to the party. Okay. <laughs> nice. Howell Teague, Chase Smith, Reed Connell, and whoa, for the first time we're joined by our shooter extraordinaire. <laughs> this is Tony Stolfo. What's up, Tony? Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Just to explain, Tony is one of our Flow Sports crew members. He goes around shooting all the cool documentaries and stuff that you may have seen on Flow Grappling, including films such as the Eddie Bravo Building an Empire. Yeah. Kenzie Dern, Kenzie Dern, Salvadero, Cyborg, yeah. Danny Her Death Squad, ADCC, DS. He's been you name them, all of them. I've probably shot it. All of them, um, basically. Yeah. There's a couple I, I haven't. A couple, I guess. The Lu- Lucas Lepre, Tyler shot, yeah. and uh, Cobrinha. Yeah, most of, most of them, yeah. And say 90, the other yeah, thing 90%, is the, 90% for sure. Tony is a jujitsu guy. Not just pretty face, right? Not just the camera wizard, but. He trains. Sometimes I do jiu jitsu. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're in the mat <laughs> when I'm, every day. Yeah, I try to be. Yeah. yeah. Even when I travel. It's kind of, yeah, it's pretty tough when you're on the road, though, right? It is tough, but fortunately, I get to travel and shoot jiu jitsu sh- things a lot. So. <laughs> It's you, got a, you got an MMA background too, right? You, got, you did some MMA yeah, fights. Yeah, I had uh, yeah I had four fights in MMA, uh, amateur. So that was where I kind of got started. But yeah, cool. Jiu-jitsu so after that. Since then, well, pretty cool to have you great. here. Right? Just shaking I mean, it up. Will's actually in Miami, right? He's mm. there doing fight to win this weekend. That's a pretty crazy card. That's a great one, right? Bagnahosha, Bill Cooper. Pumped to see Bill Cooper back on back on the scene. It's always, be great. always fun to see him. AJ Agazarm's on there. Um, John Combs and Rico Coco. That's a great that's sleeper a great match of the yeah. event, maybe I think. Anna Carolina Vieira versus uh, Amanda Alapin as well. Another great match. Yeah, I, I was there for. I don't know which which fight to win that was fight to win Tampa Bay there with mm. Wagner and AJ in the main event and um, that atmosphere was was definitely that was a great one it was packed f- full of uh, fight sports and Gracie Baja guys so fight well, sports is bringing like thirty five people or something <laughs> it's crazy so yeah th- I think this fight to win record uh, sorry fight to win pro has set a record it's like the most black belt matches on one event right that's that crazy. they've done. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah so twenty or something. Will's at the weigh-ins tonight. Uh, we'll start getting some on-the-ground coverage this evening when they all the fighters roll. And we're gonna have AJ and Wagner in the same room. So already <laughs> we're kind of curious Who what, knows what, what might happen. happen tonight. So yeah, those guys are pros. I think that they've uh, <laughs> they, they've moved on from that. That was all like a year and a half ago now since that. That was a while ago. That memorable moment. That was a while ago for sure. Yeah. We'll see. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Lots to talk about in jiu-jitsu this week. Uh, it's been a busy week. There's been a lot going on. I think one of the things that really, really wanted to talk about today, actually, is, uh, and this is great, because it came, came off our conversation with Craig Jones last week, right? Mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. Craig here in the studio, and he's known for his leg locks and stuff. And, uh, and then a couple of days ago, Craig's coach and training partner there in Absolute MMA in Australia, uh, Lachlan Giles, posted up that great, article, stroke, post, whatever you want to call it, all about the real dangers of heel hooks. And uh, I think that's <laughs> yeah. why we brought Tony in. Tony, you know a thing or two about heel hooks, huh? Uh, yeah, you know, 
I like kill hooks. Yeah. yeah. I do. I don't mind them. Um, I don't have a... You know, I'm not a master at heel hooks by any means. Uh, but, no, I, 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 we practice them at our gym, and I definitely I see the uh, advantage in having that skill set over people who don't, um, especially larger opponents. Uh, you can get underneath them uh, and attack really well. So I like them. I enjoy them. And I think uh, there's a the controversy. There's, you know, there's a lot. We can go into that, the, the different parts of that. But, you know, uh, training them early has definitely helped me, uh, you know, be aware and just kind of... Uh, not get injured practicing them. Because Chase and I train at Paragon Austin here, and <coughs> I think we're, we're primarily a, a gi school, and mm-hmm. we do do no gi at least once a week, but primarily we're at gi school, so we don't, we're not exposed to heel hooks as much on an everyday basis, would, would, would you say? No, I, I think that goes for the majority of people in jiu-jitsu, right? If you train gi, you probably your exposure to heel hooks in general is pretty limited, right? Because mm-hmm. most guys, most gyms, don't train heel hooks in the gi. And if you try and throw up a heel hook in the gi, people get pretty pissed off, right? Because it's Usually. like it's not the it's not the done thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, my background is 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 definitely similar to yourself. A lot of MMA and no gi back in the day, but I've been doing pretty much nothing but gi for the past eight years, and uh, I can count the amount of times like one hand that anybody's tried to do or I've tried to do a heel hook. You know, <laughs> I just, like I'm not about that heel hook life. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 so it was a couple of years ago you did um, MMA, and it was a couple of years ago you did MMA too. Were you guys training heel hooks then? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I never yeah. saw any any issues with it in the gym. I never saw anybody get seriously injured by a by a, a heel hook. Mm-hmm. Have you? No, uh, I've never witnessed it. No, uh, but yeah, I mean, you train martial arts. That's part of it. You know, mm-hmm, uh, ripping mm-hmm. people. Uh, I've seen other yeah. serious injuries. I've seen you know legs and arms dislocated or broken sure. or you know different things happen. Guys get cut open and split open. I've seen knee injuries, but I've never seen an injury from a heel hook in the gym because I don't yeah. think people. They don't rag it on in the gym, right? Man, you know what's funny is, now that we're mentioning it, I think I've seen way more toehold injuries. And and at our gym, in the gi, anyone can do a toehold. Like, white belts, it doesn't matter. But (laughs) easy now. People people throw them on, and it's, you know, a white belt usually came and Mm -hmm. figure out quite how to finish it. But um, I'll be honest, if somebody threw up a a toehold of me of a white belt, I'm a black belt. And, you know, I will roll to the rules of that guy's belt rank, Mm. you know? So against a purple belt or a blue belt, I'll go for straight angle locks, but I won't be looking for knee bars, I won't be looking for toe holds, because it's a brown and black thing under IBJJF rules, right? Mm. And that's just the consequence of the gyms that I trained at, that was the done thing. If a white or blue belt started trying to go for toe holds after me, I'm, I'd have to have fucking a word of them after this, like, <laughs> You're switching rule sets, you're switching <laughs> to, to MMA, MMA, MMA <laughs> rule set. Combat jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Once, man, I, we, like, when I was training at De La Hiva in, in, in Brazil, we would just get visitors all the time. That place had revolving doors because it's right in the middle of a major tourist area and it's De La Hiva, so everybody wants to come in and, and train there and stuff. So a lot of the time, I'd just be training with a guy who'd never seen him before, I'd never see him again. And you know, everybody's different, right? And I remember there was this one brown belt from somewhere in the north of Brazil. He came down and he was pretty good. We were having a good roll. I think I was still a brown belt at the time too. And um, we'd just get into a position and you know, the guy starts kind of like, doing that thing of like reaching back and I'm thinking, whoa, is he, is he, is he right now? Is he? And he sort of starts like putting your hands together. And I, I might, there was that moment where I was like, <laughs> and I kind of had to suck it in. I was like, swallow it back down. I was like, <clears throat> we don't do those here. <laughs> Cause I mean, if he had, and like I would have escaped, I would have happily put one on him too. But I kind of think in the back of my mind, 
where does that stop? You know, the escalation just mm. goes, and the next thing you know, it is fucking mm. MMA, right? Mm. So. There, and I just, that's a there's a culture difference there, right? It's like some people yeah. were brought up doing them from the beginning, and then others traditionally haven't been. So, especially um, Brazilians, right? Yeah, and and I think that's, they don't train up. I think that's part train. of the reason of the the. Uh, Controversy is a lot of this is, has has to do with we were talking earlier um, the match that we were looking at um, where you know someone doesn't tap soon enough and there's a level of control involved in, in any submission hold um, that you know you know when you're in danger and you know uh, when to pull in the the toe hold situation mm. with Hamla Bahal and the you know <laughs> yeah Hamla, you, he knew when to tap. Yeah, uh, that was his did, choice. He, he didn't, just didn't yeah. want to. Yeah. yeah. Um, so well, I think the problem with the heel hooks is sometimes you you, you can't. There's right? an ignorance. Well, yeah. no, I think that there's an ignorance to the position, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, not uh, trying those in your practice yeah. you know, early. Yeah. And you have to develop a culture in your gyms if you're going to do things like that to take care of your partner. Yeah. Uh, no, and, no, this is interesting mm -hmm. about your gym because you guys have mentioned this a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Whenever guys from your gym have gone to train with you or vice versa. Uh, it's like you guys don't do heel hooks in the gi, right? A lot of your guys do. Yeah, right. Mm, absolutely. We don't shy away Fucking from it. Mind blowing to me, to be honest. <laughs> sure, <with you>. sure. <laughs> and and it, can, it can be if you're not used to that type of culture. And like I said, we we try, and I, I hope it's universal. But we try to build a culture of you know take care of your partner. Your partner is there for you to learn, and also for them to learn from you. So you That's don't if you idea. if you start to if you start to impose damage on people uh, you know you start people start you build a reputation and people don't want to roll with you anymore well, and so if you yeah well let's get into what um, Lachlan was talking yeah. about specifically right. there because he was talking because he was talking a little bit about how it is a little bit different in training and in competition where you said no yeah I haven't seen a lot of injuries with heel hooks in training but I have seen a lot of injuries with heel hooks in competition yeah. and it's true it's like a lot of times at ADCC, a lot of these other competitions, you know, and guys in, in a heel hook, like you're kind of just waiting for him to to scream out, basically. Yeah, guys, guys will let it go as far as they what can. What happens? Right? You know, up until that point, they'll think I'll just resist, I'll hold out, hold out until I can possibly escape. And sometimes that, you know, you can do that with a different leg lock or a different armbar or whatever. But a freaking heel hook, it's like as soon as it gets to that point, there's no more give. It just bang, it's gone, right? Yeah, Giles did a great uh, job explaining in, in that article he put out. Um, that's the margin for injury is much smaller. You know, he said it was mm. like two centimeters that you can only move the heel and then then you're already prone to injury, whereas it's much further, it's like 40-something for an armbar to go into a dangerous area. So, you know, when you're not tapping, you think you can resist. It's, it only takes just a little bit more. So, so we want to play this, this video here. This is uh, from uh, uh, ADCC Trials here, uh, Oceana Trials, Lachlan Giles versus... Uh, Sorry, I forget this guy's name, but he's from <laughs> but he's from Kazakh Kazakhstan here. Yeah. It uh, doesn't quite do this do this clip justice without the sound. I feel like, but uh, <laughs> but you can see he's 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 working on a, a heel hook here. Anyway, he's working on isolating that that leg. There he gets it right here. And, and at yeah. this point, oh. the guy should very well if he can't he's get dead the foot to wedge. Right there. Oh, should have. I then, mean, he held out way longer than he should have. And you can yeah. look at Lachlan's face, man. He and and what, you're, what yeah. you're missing on the video there, if you want to find it on, on YouTube, because there is a, a very palpable uh, snapping <laughs> Or <sound>. don't. <laughs> <laughs> it that's not your thing. It, yeah. it yeah. definitely sounds... I want to roll it back, please, yeah. one more time. Let's take a little look. Because oh, please, I mean, let's, yeah. Let's watch <laughs> that again. See how long he's actually in there holding, that, holding out from that. Because, you know, normally one of those reverse heel hooks goes on. You feel mm -hmm. it straight away, mm -hmm. right? Right here. I mean, you I, can and see I feel like he's looking, you know... Go ahead. Like, yeah, right here. I mean, yeah. his 
his leg is all the way extended. His heel is, is like pointed towards the ceiling, it looks like. He's completely compromised, and he realizes his left leg is not getting in between. It's not going to separate uh, the, the control there. So at that point, you, you, either, you have to abandon ship. Yeah, he's got yeah. a super yeah. deep bite on the, on the leg. You know, his hips are in. Yeah. Oof. What's crazy, and too, is when he screams out, it doesn't even look like Giles turned anymore. You no. know, it just... It just finally and, gained. And, yeah. And yeah. it almost looks like he didn't have any... Actually, no, he looked like he didn't that. want to tap. Like, Saying that, you, with that, there's that moment where they roll and you see, like, Lachlan rolls to his right, right here. There. Uh, now, that's the moment subtle. when the guy yeah. screams. I think that's literally the difference between not getting injured and being out for six months. Right? Mm-hmm. Sure. But sure. that guy, they did come back uh, six months later, right? One, his... his um, uh, invite to ADCC, we saw him there um, representing Kazakhstan at ADCC Worlds. And yeah. just to play devil's advocate here, to go back on what you said, um, uh, comparing that to an armbar, right? So there's a there's a point of control where you know the armbar is dangerous. You know mm-hmm. it's it's going to tear some ligaments if you know if you stay there longer. So I think that it it, it can be applied the same way with a heel hook. Well, they say that if you know less, the position uh, well enough, and they say there are less pain receptors and nerve endings there inside the knee so maybe you'll feel the damage in, a, in, a, in another joint lock and you'll know okay that's the point where I'm, I really need to tap now otherwise serious harm is going to occur mm-hmm. but like your knee just bends and bends or it just twists and twists and twists and I don't feel anything I think yeah. that's the mistake that so many people make right it's yeah. like they don't feel anything and they think oh I'm not going to get hurt and then bang. that's the toehold man because I've had my ankles ripped on a few times in competition and you just want it. You don't want to tap, and it doesn't hurt. So you're just you're trying to spin out of it, spin out of it, and all of a sudden there's a little snap, mm-hmm. and you're like shit, there it goes. Like, <laughs> but uh, thankfully, usually with the toe hold, it's just the ankle, yeah. and you can tape that up and move on with your life. But yeah. I'd be curious to see the numbers just on how many heel hooks cause injury in competition. Um, but yeah, it's always that? fun to go to a Naga event yeah. and, and watch the advanced division, and like some people are great at leg locks, and other people are just wrestling in advance. You're like, oh my god. This, mm-hmm. I've seen some injuries there for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but then again, it goes back to they just they don't know. They the don't position. know. Yeah. They don't know. If it's you don't know the position yeah. and you're not prepared for that, don't sign up for a rule set that apply, uh, can apply. Which, those which I guess is why I I don't think it makes any sense at all to train heel hooks in the gi because there's like not a rule set anywhere that allows heel hooks in the gi. Nope. So then you're just kind of like training. Just fight to win, not allow heel hooks. No, no. no. fight to win, no yeah. reaching in the gi. Yeah. So like then, then you're training a, a position that is illegal in every every um, tournament out yeah. there. And I feel like that's what that's where a lot of times people get like angry about that stuff too. Mm-hmm. People will be like, we'll get DQ'd for reaping, or and we can, you know, reaping is different, but reaping or, or heel hooks or something like that, and then they get mad because. Because they didn't know it was it was illegal, and, and then I feel like that creates creates more animosity about yeah. heel hooks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And well, you mentioned a second ago as well about the whole uh, the sort of the level of education about heel hooks mm-hmm. as well. Um, Muhammad Ali, for example, he qualified for ADCC uh, by winning the trials in Brazil. And I remember I interviewed him like a week later, and he said, "I need to go and learn heel hooks." Because he, he basically, he says, I won the trials with wrestling. And, you know, he's, he's a pretty physical guy, you know, great jiu-jitsu. He's been working on his stand-up. But he, he admitted, like, straight up, like, you know, this is nine, eight, nine months before the tournament. He's like, man, I don't know heel hooks, right? And I got to go learn them. And he kind of was joking. But as we saw in ADCC, that there was actually a moment there where he does get caught, right? Mm. And he got tapped by Gordon to, the, uh, to a heel hook. But then there was another match, I think it was the third place in the absolute, where he got tapped by Bouchesha. And, well, 
Do you want to run the? the yeah, table yeah, I got, it, I got it right here. This is a, a better angle when it, when it comes in. This is just after, but he, yeah. So this is the replay. This is for third place in the absolute division, right? So sanded outside heel hook, and Muhammad rolls the wrong way. Instead yeah, of turning and rolling out of it and running away, he's he's in the motion of rolling to his left side. And Bouchesha doesn't even uh -uh. have the heel. Uh -uh. He kind of just falls, he, like, the way he falls on it, he hurts his knee. There. It's probably yeah. already kind of tweaked from Gordon's. Yeah, well, possibly. Then, yeah. Um, but the thing is, the, Gordon healed the leg too, position and, and, you know, the fact that Bouchesha is actually controlling the, the way that his leg is held there. It's not a healthy way he, to spin. He, he heel hooks himself <laughs> even like, without the heel hook. No, no exactly. It's not no. a healthy no. way to spin. And that is that, like you said, the the, the unfortunate, the ignorance. Mm -hmm. he, he literally was like, "Man, I need to get out of here," but then he rolls completely mm -hmm. the wrong way. And that's nothing against Ali's skill set at all, but obviously he admitted he needed work in that. Well, in that and, that, and this is—I had a conversation with Hanato Kanuto um, as well at Kasai at, right afterwards, and he and he was going into Kasai, and he was like, "Man, he's like, I want to be an IBJJF world champion." He's like, "That's what my last like five years of or ten years." I've been training to become an IBJJF world champion. He's like, so why would I train heel hooks? You know, he's like, it has nothing to do with me. And then so when he went in to Kasai and he's like, I knew I was going to have to fight Gary Tonin. He's like, so like, I knew I had to like cram heel hook defense, heel hook offense. Like I had to get super hip to all that stuff because I, he, he said the same thing. He's like, I'd never trained him before. Wow. Yeah. And that's the level of these guys. They are literally, and that was, I think, uh, just before he won the black belt world title at uh, Nogi Worlds, right? Uh, but he had to do a crash course on heel hooks to get yeah. it It's yeah. insane. Yeah. But then, sorry, but then you look at other guys like, you know, like, the, the, like Gary, who is considered one of the, the best heel hookers out there, him and the other Danaher Death Squad guys. And uh, it's amazing for me, though, that Hanato could go up against and survive against Gary, you know, and, and not even come close to getting heel hooked yeah. in that match did good. based on just a crash course. So it kind of shows what it takes. You can you can get there. You got that base, right? Yeah, he impressed a lot of people. His wrestling sure. was amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't was, think he'd out wrestle yeah. Gary, you know. I, yeah. And so that was to me the biggest shocker. There it was pretty cool. But the heel hook thing, we see guys like uh, you know in the EBIs, for example, you know Gordon, Gary, and, and and Eddie Cummings. They just ransacked those tournaments using a lot of heel hooks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like ninety percent of the finishes in in EBI has got to be heel hooks. And yet. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, maybe it's talking a little bit about the level of competition that they were facing in those tournaments, but you didn't see Gary Gordon or Eddie winning as many matches in events like ADCC or other super fights with heel hooks. With heel hooks. If they were winning, it was like rear naked choke against Yuri, or it was like you know guillotine against Kit Dale, or you know you know what I'm saying. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know quite why that is. I guess off the top of my head. I think if you go back and look at, I mean, this is pretty sweeping generalization here, but the guys in EBI want to play the leg game as well. They're, they're going straight to the double guard poles and, and the entanglements. Whereas in ADCC, you see a lot of guys trying to avoid the uh, position outright and passing from the feet maybe. And it's just sure. harder to, to initiate an entire sequence from, from nothing as opposed to winning a leg entanglement battle. So. Oh, sure, and, I, and it has a lot to do with you know, rule sets. That's what we're talking about. And yeah. So the difference in rule sets, but um, one of the most exciting matches, when you ask me what's one of my favorite matches to watch, is Gary Tonin versus Paul Harris. <laughs> uh, and if you, if you apply that, you, know, you mentioned heel hooks aren't, uh, there's no rule set that allows heel hooks in a gi. Mm -hmm. um, you know, who's to say that 
can't happen in the future, and why or why not is that happening, or why is it not happening? Um, and anyway, I would pose that question, I guess, to... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I definitely, I don't know, I am for IBJJF competitions adding heel hooks and reaping. I, I still... In no-gi? In, in no-gi, yeah. yeah. Right. No-gi. Not heel hooks in the gi. I don't, I don't know, I guess... I guess I can't I get behind it. I can't get, is I it is yeah. it because of the grip factor, or what is the reason? Is it, what is the mechanism that the gi provides? You know, me you, personally, what the what it is is that I think, and we've seen this in the past in other tournaments that have tried it, is that the moment that you add in heel hooks, everybody goes leg fighting crazy, and they forget the other eighty percent of jujitsu or whatever it is that's out there. You know, they stop passing mm -hmm. the guard. And you know? in your opinion, I assume that's less. Uh, Exciting to watch. Well, let's be honest. A couple of years ago, there was a huge backlash against the Berenbolo game, mm. right? About the seated guard pulls, and they called it the scissoring, right? Mm. It was like, man, bring back real jujitsu, you know? And it, like two guys sat in their ass playing footsies. Uh, it's not exactly what the leg lock game is. Yeah, it's, it's, right? it's, it's a common criticism. People who don't like it will say, like, oh, is this sub only really more exciting? These guys just sit down and. It's just because it's a, a, a more devastating finish. The whole leg fighting game was to go to the back for a Berenbolo or it was to come up and pass. But it's like, oh, wow, okay, so you can do a badass technique like the heel hook, so now sitting on your ass and playing footsies is okay. You know? Mm -hmm. Me personally, I, 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 would, I am four tournaments that have heel hooks, mm -hmm. but I'm also four tournaments that don't mm -hmm. because I kind of want to see the rest of jujitsu. Mm -hmm. I want to see passing the guard. I want to see taking the back. You know? I want to mm -hmm. see top game. And sure. look, all those heel hook crazy guys. Like, not counting the top-level guys like the Downhill Death Squad, because those guys do do everything. But there are a lot of subpar <laughs> leg-lock specialists who are one-trick ponies. Winning world-class tournaments by beating guys with that one tool. Yeah. No, they're not winning world-class tournaments. Like, there are a lot of subpar leg-lock guys out there who are maybe winning some matches, mm -hmm. but with just that. Right. And then you put them up against anybody decent, and they got nothing, because they're, they're literally one-trick ponies, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um... No, that's a good point. How uh, I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I wish I could give you a, a better answer and, and why I don't, I don't support. I'm not against reaping. I'm not against. Yeah, I'm not against reaping in the gi either. To be honest, mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't see how those th two things correlate. To mm -hmm. be we honest, we were talking about reaping yesterday, right? Because we were like in a position. It was off the back step when you basically go to like the inside sankaku. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's what they call it. Uh, four one one honey hole, whatever you want to call it, but basically, like you can backstep off the off a standing guard pass or a knee cut and, and sit in that position. As long as you don't cut the heel, it's totally legal. The moment that you grab that lower leg and you tuck it underneath your armpit, that's reaping. Boom. Yeah. DQ. There's definitely been right? some times where we've been watching matches and then all of a sudden the match is over in DQ and we're like, wait, what? What, ha what happened? Yeah. Who, who got DQ? Because How? your foot what? passes an imaginary line. Yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. your foot passes over and you're like, wait, what? I didn't. And I've never, ever, I can honestly say this, I've never seen anybody injured off a reap. Yeah. Never. It's extremely uncomfortable, too. I mean, a, a reap is a really powerful position, it and um, it really would change the game. To me, yeah. currently in training, I do get frustrated if someone reaps me in the gi because I'm, again, like playing a game to try and compete with, and it's like, well, I can't, I can't even practice my counters to this because I'll never face them. So it's a little bit frustrating, but at the same time, I can also sit back and be like, well, this is overall improving my grap my grappling in general. So, mm. Hey, actually, we've just got a comment here from Wagner Hocha. Uh, Wagner, who's competing this week, uh, this weekend there on Fight to Win, and he, nice. says, he says it straight, the level of it is higher. You know, the competitors at ADCC versus EBI. So I, I guess those guys, they, they are just going to be so much more savvy to the leg game, and, and the base fundamental skills 
of not putting themselves in a position to be submitted in the first place is just going to be so much higher. Right? I think everybody can agree on that. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just like the I like the state I kind of like the state we're in where we're just experimenting with different rule sets and adding and applying new ones taking something for ones everyone away. right yeah, yeah. I think it's great. it definitely is sort of like a, a renaissance a rule set a rule set renaissance that jujitsu is, is going through which is why it's important to have these conversations and talk about it and figure out you know like why why are we not allowing this or should we you know start doing more with the gi mm-hmm. I love you, the gi you know I, that there yeah. do exist tournaments where you can reap in the gi as well. It's that, that uh, crazy rule set over there in Russia, the UWW mm. grappling. Oh, yeah. So UWW is the global federation that looks after Olympic wrestling, right? Greco, freestyle, and they have their own style of submission grappling. It's basically jiu-jitsu, not called jiu-jitsu. They just call it grappling, right? Mm. And they have gi no gi, and you can't heel hook in, in either, but you can reap, and you can reap in the gi. And... I think it's like, well, why not? You know, yeah. you yeah. don't see any knees exploding. Everyone's still walking over there. They've made it out alive. <laughs> <laughs> they are Russians. They're probably all drunk on vodka, right? Oh, you know, <laughs> knees are exploding all over yeah. the world. <laughs> you know, they just came from fighting a bear, so it's like whatever. I don't need knees. <laughs> bears reap all yeah, the time. Bears, <laughs> bears are the are worst known. reaping. Bears are known <laughs> as knee reapers for sure. <laughs> Could you reap a bear? Oh. You'd have to. You'd have to reap <laughs> the only way. Too powerful. And uh, the other thing about heel hooks is uh, you, you brought this up, you know, just there a minute ago and um, you alluded to it too, Reed. It's that heel hooks, man. You know, it's that moment when somebody throws up a heel hook and tensions. Bow, wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it says it all, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you make eye contact. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at your knee. Yeah. But, you, you know, if you're not competing under rules uh, where heel hooks are allowed, then why would you do something that is illegal? So that's a dick move. Right? Oh. <laughs> Personally, I think so. Mm. Right? I mean, let's, let's, let's say it again. straight. Say it again. Sorry. If you're training, like you said, in the gi, and somebody throws up a heel hook, now you both know that it is oh, not okay, legal okay, okay, gotcha. under any tournament format, and yet somebody tries to do an illegal move on you. Is it equivalent to picking you up and dumping you on your head? Is it equivalent to a can opener, neck crank? Is it equivalent to twisting the fingers? You're not allowed to do it under any rule set, so why the fuck would you want to heel hook me right now? Yeah, I guess I guess it's just obviously because it's such a hot thing right now. So like, luckily, like when people do go for for heel hooks, I mean, we get to train all over. Luckily, um, so when you go to different gyms, you know, everybody has a different a different thing that they do or a different style that they're good at, right? So, and I just think that it, heel hooks are so trendy mm. right now. So like, I I do expect it even wherever we go. It's so you fun. don't think it's a dick move. No, I, I guess I would say it's a dick move. I guess, <laughs> I guess I would still but what's say. funny? What's funny is that I, I feel the same way about it actually. But I don't feel upset if someone tries to knee bar me if they're a blue belt. I, and that's outside their rules as well. For some reason, it's just he looks. Like yeah, but maybe yeah, and, and, and maybe it is hooks. just like the the bubble that I live in. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. that's just that's just me. I guess I bring I just bring a universal mentality to both. Uh, where like I don't play a, I play a fight game, and it, it's. Just like a lot of people claim, you know, neck cranks or uh, jaw wrenching when you're choking someone from a rear choke is also a dick move, right? But if you're defending the choke, if you're defending the choke with your chin and your chin gets in the way of the choke, uh, that's your chin in the way of my arm squeezing you. Okay, so so give us some example then. What are dick moves in the gym? Dick moves in the gym, uh, well, I mean, any intentional ball slap, 
Okay. Or. That is quite literally. So there's a point, you know, you're playing your De La Hiva hooks, I understand. But sometimes the De La Hiva likes to. You're going to get a flick there? Yeah, so that's one thing. And maybe not a dig, but maybe they didn't mean to. One time's okay. If it keeps happening, like, don't De La Hiva me anymore. So that. Like a stump pass. You know, you've got to make sure it's the end of the thigh right there, right? Yeah, okay. And then loop checks, obviously. Those are kind of a dick move. What? Loop check. What's You're not familiar with the. Do you ever roll with a lot of wrestlers? A what? Okay, so if you and again heel hooks. This is this is. Uh, what is loop check? <laughs> when the the large toe of your foot goes directly into the orifice, you don't. Oh <laughs> wow! Don't, uh, that is near. Yeah. Oil check, man. Oil you check. you have a very <laughs> like low threshold or powerful threshold man, for a dick move. I, I just, like, that's I just right? again like You're maybe it's it, libertarian. Everything else goes. goes right? I guess it comes from the no MMA background. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, man. If if you come from something where someone's punching you in the face and then you want to whine about a you know a, a wrist lock in our gym, you'd be. Like, what are you? What are you talking about? You know why are you? Okay, so, so what about you then? What are dick moves? Like if somebody threw someone up and you'd be like, "Dick, come on." Um, I'm not cool with finger twisting or like grabbing individual toes. That's Absolutely. annoying, and that totally happens. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've never been oil checked, but I've definitely had my, my fingers. <laughs> Especially grabbed. like, yeah, or people are you're like, gonna get oil checked, peeling peeling grips off a collar or something like that. When people grab like yeah. two, like, like two they, fingers they, or they one finger. They grabbing the four fingers is okay, but you grab any individual. Oh, that's yeah, I really don't like that. I, that I give them true. the thumb back, right? They peel a hand off with one finger, then I I do the thumb across the neck to get it in. You, you know, you just say to them, like, like you, no, you can you can kind of like peel under the jaw. What do they call it at the, at the gym? Like a, like a can opener. A can opener. Or so, like, guys, I just provided you with the perfect tool. So now, when someone pulls a dick move of a heel hook and a gi on you, you, you just drop loop. down and you. <laughs> we, we loop check <laughs> immediately. Loop check. Loop check. Okay. Yeah. Loop. I, I was hearing loop. I was hearing loop. Oh, loop. Loop. Yeah. Sorry. So no, I was lube. like lube. 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 Yes, like lubricant. Oil check. Loop check. Like okay. Same thing. Like KY jelly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Understood. Um, what else? Moves. <laughs> chin in the eye. Ch- chin in the eye. Yeah, it's pretty dick. I don't, get, I don't get the chin in the eye often. Well, Travis Stevens did it to Chase just the other okay. week. Very, very lightly. It was. <laughs> it was not a dick move the way he did it. It was more of a, a demonstration of big old stubbly chin. Yeah, oh right yeah, there. it would have been. It would have been brutal. I feel like Travis doesn't live by any dick move rules either. Mm, no. Okay. I th- I, this, this is what I'm going to say. Dick move. <laughs> Possum guard. The hell is what possum that? guard? Possum guard is a dick move. Oh, actually. just lying flat like like the like oh. Gordon did that one time. I think that's a dick move. Old Jeff Glover special. Like, I did too. Knee on the jaw, yeah. straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I did. The, I almost did knee on jaw to you yesterday, right? You I did. put it. I was nice because I put it here on your shoulder, and I believe I said you, you bastard you, immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could have dropped it on me. I would have. I would have tapped, but it's not a dick move. I think. I got into a fight with somebody in the gym once because I did knee on jaw. <laughs> I really did. did remember you I told you about that yeah, fight I had in the gym a couple of months ago? That. Yeah. So this guy came in and he was a blue belt and he was super aggressive and he had apparently he had an MA background. I didn't fucking know, but whatever. The guy's a dick. And uh, <laughs> and he was being super aggressive with me and he basically like I swept him from from guard and he freaking upkicked me from bottom like in the chest. Uh, you know his guard was either whether it was just spazzy you know his open guard or whether he was like literally trying to kick me off but it wasn't a push it was a kick you know so that point I just threw his legs to one side and I went neon skull like and that's the point where we pretty much started throwing and got separated and then Apparently, so the other guys were like, well, we've been keeping an eye on him. And to be honest, if it wasn't you, it would have been somebody else. It was just a matter of time. That's the way he goes. But I've been neon scold and I've never, I've never wanted to fight the guy afterwards. I'm just like, well, I don't want to get caught there again. 
I don't think it's a dick move. I think up kicks are a dick move. <laughs> up kicks are yeah. a dick move, yeah, because yeah, that's a strike. It's not a yeah. push. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that. But, defi- mm-hmm. but definitely if the guy is like causing me pain from like side control or something like that, I, I think he's desert- he's earned the right to cause <laughs> 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 he's passed my guard and stuff yeah. and, and, he's, and he's on top of me with, you know, a neon chin or something like that. And like, yeah. I, th- I feel like he's earned the right and I got I to gotta get the hell out of there. <laughs> I mean, for me, a dick move, and, and this is kind of, um, this is one of those things where it's a very personal thing because I have neck issues and I've had them in the past. Yeah. And I don't like it when guys get a double underpass and they pick you up and they either pick you up and they drop you on the head or they just do that double underpass when they fold you and they keep you there and they want to kind of just pressure your neck as far as they can up and chin to the chest and they don't even try to pass. Because that, that's, that's a, a cervical neck attack. And again, that's prohibited under any rule set. You can't do a cervical neck attack under IBJJF rules, right? Wait, but I've it's never seen of, anyone penalized for doing it from double unders. Well, no, but we've seen people paralyzed from yes, that. Yes, absolutely. And that, for me, is like a, a risk that nobody should ever take. So if you're going to pick somebody up with the possibility that you might lose control and drop them on their fucking head and they're not able to walk, then... Huge dick move. But just keeping somebody there, because you know, there is a choke, right? You can do where you get the double unders and you put the hand around through and you do like the the neck and then you like lift their hips up and you get the form across the throat. Mm -hmm. That's a choke. That's a legit choke. Mm -hmm. But you just keep the guy there and you just keep driving hips forward and you don't even put the hands in and the guy's just stuck there. In effect, as a can opener. That's a dick move. I've heard Guy Mendes is really, really good at doing that. Stack pass? For extended periods of time. Suffer. Just suffer. But. A good way to avoid that is, like I said, if you live by the culture of take care of your partner, you mm. know, I only do unto your partner as they would have do unto you or whatnot. Um, I think yeah. that's a good way to avoid all that, you know. It's yeah. like, wrist lock's not a dick move. Like, nah, if you're going to fall, you want to brace your partner so they don't fall on their neck. I mean, I kind know, of, I always yeah. go, ah, god damn it, but yeah. I always laugh after <laughs> you know, a wrist lock. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> got caught with that. Shouldn't have good happened. one. <laughs> I think if you're getting upset, more than like once a month about something, then maybe you're too sensitive. Like I, I rarely find myself thinking that's a dick move. I get pissed off if I get submitted, or if like you know, yeah, not pissed of off even, but like. No, yeah. How do you approach? It's not competitive, that. but you know, I don't really think uh, they're a dick. Yeah. Like, how do you approach it when something like that happens? What do you don't do what I did and get into a fight in the gym? <laughs> that is absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah th- don't do that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a tough one, right? Do you go to your coach and do you whine about it? Ah, oh, this guy was mean to me, you know? Or do you have a word with him afterwards? And like, hey, bro, it, come on, that, was, that wasn't cool. Like, I'm, I'm trying I, to be nice about it. I know it. where you stand on that, but... You Listen, listen, we're saying about this, about how, you know, you mentioned it. If you're getting pissed off more than once a month, maybe jujitsu's not for you, right? How many times have we seen threads on Reddit, people saying, was this guy being mean to me? Or should Ooh. I speak to my instructor about? It's you know? almost always a white belt, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I would say whenever, whenever, I, whenever I experience it, I, I just um, like if somebody throws up a, a heel hook and we didn't talk about it before in the D or something, you know, <laughs> sign your then, consent form. Then, uh, then I'll, I just I just choke them. I just <laughs> I just say okay, then and then I choke them. <laughs> just leave it like that. I like that. I don't, I I don't say anything. I don't say anything. I usually get more aggressive. To be honest. Yeah, just to get a little more aggressive <laughs> and I choke them. I think it's a beautiful Absolutely. way to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> just let the jujitsu do. I mean, I do. Thing. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Gordon's right in that. Like, you shouldn't complain about any submission, really. I feel like Gordon mm-hmm. says that. And mm-hmm. I don't think I ever have complained. I just get angrier and try and 
fight Again, harder. yeah, you choked them. <laughs> this is a result of what Which you just said. Yeah. usually results into me getting heel hooked more because I start getting a little bit more aggressive and then I'm not playing my game right and then I get heel hooked again. I get angrier. But, but the majority, of, I think the majority of us can say, like, if you're on good terms with your training partner, shit's not, shit like that's not going to happen anyway, is it? Mm. It's usually people that you're not particularly close to. Yeah, and that's the only reason strangers. why. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason really why it would be considered a, a, a dick move a lot of these things, I feel like, is if you're the first time you're rolling with somebody mm-hmm. and some of these things yeah. happen. Like, mm-hmm. if one of you guys did something like that to me, I'd be like, what? What's the issue here? I didn't realize that we were friends, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I eat your lunch? <laughs> Straight for the heel hooks next time you roll, how? Just yeah. But I mean, uh, jujitsu does say a lot, right? What happens? I believe I've heel hooked every single, or I've tried to at least, heel hook <laughs> every single one of you. Yeah, you just gotta, you gotta wait to go there yet, bro, yeah. before you say <laughs> heel hook me. <laughs> <laughs> see, see how it is, Tony. <laughs> Tony's gonna be Keep like, all right. track over there. <laughs> figure why not yeah. no, uh, okay. so okay alright well dick moves is a is a, is a one but no yeah and, and, I've com- and, and I think you have too right I, and I've competed in competitions with, with heel hooks and, no doubt yeah yeah mm-hmm. like when it's fair game it's 100% fair game and you're right game. they were yeah all nogi I've never been I've never had a the, so the, the tournament that I did uh, it was there were no submissions uh, you could do all submissions uh, mm-hmm. all submissions were legal um, it was originally going to be in the key even scissor takedowns were legal um, which I enjoy a good scissor takedown as well. Uh, <laughs> In fact, you hit one of those on me yesterday. I did, and I yes. had the moment, I'm like, was that a dick move? Is that a dick move? a dick move? I think it's amazing that John Danner has banned it in his gym, mm. and yet he's... He teaches it as well, it's a, it's, right? Yeah, it's a, it, it is a risky one for sure. Oh, fuck yeah. But I probably have done... I mean, I, we did those back in MMA too. Mm-hmm. It was like a, mm. a thing we studied a lot, so... I, I really like it. And if you know how to apply it, again, yeah. it's just like a heel. If you know how to apply it and you put you post, yeah. you don't put your weight on your opponent. Right. And, and you get it super slow. I mean, obviously, right. there's a way mm-hmm. to do it controlled Ooh. versus like Gary Tonin's just joined the broadcast. Oh, nice. Gary oh, Tonin. We're time for the dick talking, talking about you, Gary. Gary. <laughs> 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 you missed it. <laughs> but, okay, so we talked about heel hooks and we've talked about dick moves. They're not the same thing, okay? But we've talked about both. <laughs> Context but, matters. You know, these are very emotive topics in jiu-jitsu, right? People really have, like, strong opinions about heel hooks. People have strong opinions as to what constitutes a dick move or not. Another thing that people have strong opinions about, as we found out from some of the conversation recently, steroids. Mm. Oh, yeah, Performance-enhancing right. drugs. Welcome, Gary. In, ste- oh. in, in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> but this is, a, this is a very controversial topic, right? Oh, everybody's like just silent. Right yeah, now. man, it's, it's hard like, to talk about it, right? It's hard to talk about because like it we don't know exactly where the line is drawn in jiu-jitsu. I think we all kind of know that like, I don't know, I don't know. Do we all know that it is a problem within jiu-jitsu? We've certainly heard that it's, mm-hmm. that it's a problem within jiu-jitsu. I mean, just the past couple years in sports in general, it seemed like it's a huge, huge problem, you know, from like the Olympics to MMA you know, like it seems like all sports are really going through some sort of, um, you know, steroid genesis where they're having to readdress those those rules and things. And well, I think you're right. All sports. Yeah. All sports. Now, I can remember, like, man, I don't think it's never been an issue. You go all the way back to, like, the, the Eastern Bloc communist country state-sponsored doping programs from, like, the 1960s all the way through. And, you know, that was still an issue, as we saw in the Netflix documentary Icarus, right? That mm-hmm. Russia is still doing that. That's why they got banned from the Olympics there. And, and then um, you're looking at every single major sport has had, like, a large-scale, you know, doping 
scandal or a series of incidents, everything from baseball to athletics to MMA. Even just this at the Winter Olympics, the curlers. Yeah. There were a few yep. different Russians that were caught, I believe. Yeah, yeah the curlers were, were. What drugs even help with curl? LSD? I don't freaking <laughs> <really> know. That. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that makes it entertaining. I don't know, but but, but I guess you like shut your mouth. By the way, curling <laughs> is, is thrilling. Don't <laughs> yeah. But, but seriously, nobody wants to talk about steroids in jujitsu, right? Even though we've had people test positive, right? And let's have we have to name names. It's public record. Paulo Miao, Felipe Pena, Gabby Garcia, Braulio Estima. These are guys who, at one point or another, have failed tests for doping, right? And whatever the reasons may be, they've been sanctioned as a result. So you know, it's proven that it does occur, whether knowingly or not. People are doing it. And the only tournament in the world that actually tests right now, that, w that we know the tests, is the IBJJF World Championships. So that technically means it's only illegal once a year. Test, right? I mean, they test, but it's they such a small, the, it's a drop in the bucket. They test, yeah, I mean, you, you get champions. Uh, well, do yeah, they, do they test, test all, is, is it just the gold medalists? Is it the entire podium? Is it, uh, we, we're not I believe even, it's random gold medalists, is that? We're not even entirely sure. The kind of, the process is quite shadowy, and, you know, we, we know that it's accredited. It's all done by WADA, you know, USADA, which is the U.S. Anti-Doping Association, and WADA, which is the global governing body. But we don't really know too much about it. And, you know, it takes sometimes up to a year for the results to even come out of those tests. Uh, because, because they can be challenged, processes right. and challenges and so on. So, you know, if it makes you think, well... If, it's, if people are being caught at the World Championships when we know there are tests, what the hell's going on the rest of the time? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you should, should be able to cycle off. I mean, MMA, where we hear a lot about doping violations, um, those guys have you know, eight-week camps and things like that, but they don't really know their, their schedule quite as clearly as, as when the World Championships is. And if there's that many fighters getting caught, you know there's more that aren't, and they're able to pull it off. So it's pretty safe to assume that the more clever jujitsu guys might be able to, you know, get by pretty easily. Um, so the thing is, with like the bigger sports out there, the more professional sports, shall we say? Because jujitsu is still at that that kind of the the weird sort of border between professional and amateur, right? Like a lot of the professional guys, have, you know, whether it's day jobs or you know side hustles or whatever it might be, they're certainly not the level of like a major league baseball player or anything like that. So a lot of guys, you have to imagine, they're not doing it with the support of like a full medical team, you know, supervising their doping and stuff. So maybe they're getting caught just through like ignorance of the procedures of using it. Uh, who's advising them how to use it in the first place? Are they, you know, they, are they just taking what some guy in the gym gives them? They might not be up to date on all the banned substances. Maybe there's a new thing added. You know, another thing with these major sports like the NBA or NFL is they have really pro uh, strong players associations that regulate their testing as well. Like the NFL and NBA, I believe, only have one test a year that's known a year in advance. So those guys can kind of do whatever they want as well. Well, they say at that point it's no longer a doping test. It becomes an IQ test, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so. and it's, uh, I believe things should be different for combat sports. I think they should be more focused. It should be, you know, it should be focused more heavily in uh, combat sports than it is. So you think All there should be more Steroid testing. testing? Steroid testing, yes, I'm sorry. There should yeah. be more testing? Absolutely. And what, do you think, how, how, how could they do it differently then? Should they do it both before and after, or what do you, what do you think? As far as this, the approach, I, I, I can't, I'm not educated enough on how they do it right now to tell you what's going to be better or worse, but, uh, or 
but so I don't have an opinion on that. But um, I know they're not doing diligence right now, obviously. Um, it, so. I mean, and it's such like a in UFC at least it's such a mess lately. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Josh Barnett just got um, again. He, he, well, he, no, he got popped. They got cleared. Yeah, but then yeah. and then f- mm-hmm. what? Fifteen months later, or something. He got cleared from it, and obviously a lot of guys are. Are claiming tainted substance, so like they they get a how pass. How many times can you use the tainted substance? I mean, apparently, limitless. Yeah, yeah. apparently, that, quite how a many bit. Times has Josh Barnett tested positive? Like, I'm thinking, like, f- first time he tested positive was wasn't it like early 2000s, and he's tested positive multiple times since then. And people always want to accuse the big, big beefy guy that's that's you know jacked, <laughs> but like guys like him are doing it, and you don't even you wouldn't accuse that guy probably. Yeah. He just looks strong, you know. But I just feel like the way that USADA has done things in the UFC, or I don't know what how their relationship works exactly, but it just like it doesn't feel like we've gotten anywhere. It doesn't feel like we've learned anything on how to prevent it. It doesn't feel like we've like learned who's the bad guys and who's the good guys. Like okay, it's just, it, it's so complicated. Here's a question for you then: If there's only testing at one event per year, that means that it's only prohibited at one event per year, which means in the rest of the year. You're fine to take whatever you want. Now, let's talk about the ethical question there. But should steroid or performance-enhancing drug use, is it good to go then? Because basically, if you're only not allowed to take it once a year for the risk of getting caught and penalized, the rest of the time you're absolutely fine, what do we think then? Take whatever you like? It's no different to a protein shake? I'm definitely not in that camp. I'm not in the, I'm not in the let them do whatever the they free want for all. camp. Yeah. Um, I would say that for baseball. Yeah. You can let the baseball players juice as much as they want. <laughs> yeah. But when you're slamming, when you're throwing people around, when you're ripping uh, li- limbs off, uh, choking people, strangling yeah. guys, yeah, like it's totally different. In MMA fights, where people are getting knocked out, and, and I, mm-hmm. I still think of jiu-jitsu matches as fights. So mm-hmm. I, I still feel like you know people can get their arms broken, you get choked unconscious. Like, still bad, damage. Yeah, still yeah. bad things can happen to you. So. Okay, so Lynn, looking at it through a, just a purely jiu-jitsu lens now, like taking MMA out of the equation, if it's legal to do, then if everybody did it, it would be a level playing field, right? But then some guys want to do it, other guys don't. Do you really think that the steroids are going to be the defining factor as to why that person will win or lose a match? Well, let's be honest. There is no level playing field first, I think. Even in genetics, you know, there's no level playing field. So... Um, no, uh, I don't think it should be ethically allowed because that, that what you're doing is you're raising that that ceiling. So instead of letting the genetics play the factor, like you're letting, you know, you're Matt, you're increasing that ceiling for. I see what you're saying. So there's like too. genetically, there's less uh, there's less variance as to what is mm-hmm. possible physically, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're always going to have your super high performers mm-hmm. and your guys who are subpar, but the athletic guys are usually you know competing. You're going to be in the higher kind of like sure. uh, part of that bracket, right? Right. But you're saying the steroids are going to give those guys an extra boost. These genetic phenomenons, these dudes that can go at you know the age of 14 looking like this and then be 20 and look like this, and then they're just genetically structured to be you know. Like but then, the, does it make up for the jujitsu technique? Because that's Absolutely. what jujitsu is about. We've right? seen a ton, in, in, in high level competition how many guys have won just by beasting, like going as hard as they can. And, I don't and know. I, I don't think, know actually. I, I, I don't know how many there are. Like I'll, I, I subscribe to the kind of the philosophy that, to be honest, I think, you know, tight, like Kyle Tara likes to say, technique over or technique conquers everything, right? Mm-hmm. To a degree, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there are going to be some physical beasts you just can't control them, you mm-hmm. know, through pure technique, but. 
even with the added boost of you know the physical extra that you get from performance enhancers, I kind of think that you know it's not going to make up for the lack of jujitsu ability. And usually a very You're saying very that good if I do steroids, you don't think I could take down Gordon Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that? <laughs> how, many, how many steroids? <laughs> <laughs> but what? Yeah, exactly. So if the technique level is that different, right? The, 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 the performance answers, they're not going to make up for that lack of jujitsu knowledge, right? Even if you went out there and you just fucking just stalled out as much as you could and stayed strong, rock solid, it's probably going to catch you eventually, just with right? so much steroids coursing through your veins. Just <laughs> <But> I, think, <laughs> I think the only problem with that idea is that uh, steroids aren't just going to give you a physical advantage on the day where like you, you can be faster or stronger than that guy that you're in front there of. You but it also allows you to, over months... You know, train like an, at an unhuman level. Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, so that's what they say. It's not you're not, gaining not. techniques that other just regular humans that aren't doing this stuff, you know, can't uh, acquire in that amount of time. You get so, more mad time, right? right? So you're because getting, it's all about the recovery. Right. Right. Like, the, the it is a recovery enhances I mean, just yeah. so that you can. You literally, you can come back an hour or two later after that session and you're ready to go again. Sure. Whereas, like me or you, might take a day or two to recover from that shit. Mm-hmm. Right? So. What's interesting, too, is, is they say, and I guess it shouldn't be surprising, is that the effects of steroids can be seen up to three or four years after you stop doing them. Mm-hmm. So someone that is an adult blue belt that knows they want to do jiu-jitsu and they make the commitment, like, okay, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to start doing steroids, they could juice their brains out for like four years and then start competing at black belt, never do steroids again, but have those benefits for like four years into their career as a black belt. There's Given- a solution right there. Every athlete just needs to follow that. I mean, I don't, we're, we're all good. don't do that. But uh, <laughs> I'm not recommending it. But what I'm saying is, I mean, that's the current situation: is that it is pretty unregulated. You can see extreme benefits over years and not really face currently any consequences. So it's pretty much the wild west in jujitsu. I think. Moment. I think the the testing needs to needs to evolve. You know, I don't think we're at a point where like the testing is really as black and white as like we we would hope it would be. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, there's evolutions and, there that need to happen. And it's hard to keep up too, right? Because people are just creating new ways That's of true. doing it. That's new true. Chem, you know, yeah, always. Yeah. always. Chemical yeah. compounds that, that just, just slightly yeah. different. I was reading an article the other day that the guys at, at WADA, they're looking into using artificial intelligence and, and creating specific algorithms to help detect doping cheats. So they because the, the level of science is at that level, mm. you know? The, the, they are at the cutting edge. The, the cheaters are literally, you know, they are ahead of the guys who are the, the investigators, right? And the investigators are literally looking into AI as a solution to try and catch those guys. That's, how, that's at the level these guys operate. Do they test for marijuana at IBJJF? Man, I don't it's know. It's on the banned list. Is I it? feel like yeah. someone has been banned for it in the past. Um, I don't know about IBJJF, no, 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 but I've never seen anybody get on Usada's and Wada's list as a, right. as a banned substance. Um, but it's an interesting <laughs> point about designer designer steroids as well. And we were talking earlier about ceilings and athletic uh, ability, but there's also going to be a financial ceiling for some athletes where they can't afford the better drugs, the better steroids. Yeah, jiu-jitsu guys aren't going to be getting caught for those drugs. Exactly. <laughs> those PEDs, those designer PEDs, the cutting edge ones, they're not going to have access to that. Maybe that's why they're getting caught, because they're using the off-the-shelf, you know, gym locker room, garden variety steroids, mm. right? So, well, let's see. But I, I expect <laughs> you'll probably see some more guys pop, right? Oh, yeah. At the moment, no it doubt. makes sense to do them. I think, in my opinion, it, it, it is low risk as far as your career, if you're smart about it. 
So that's, you know, it's, it's maybe poor as, as, as an ethical choice, and I don't want to see in the sport, but that's the reality, I think, at the moment. Hey, I think it boils down to this, is that ethics aside, whether if it's not against the rules to do it for 11 months of the year or whatever it might be, you know, outside well, of that like illegal. Steroids are just generally illegal. True. Right? Yeah, but there are other drugs that are not, you know, le illegal. Okay. However, they still have performance-enhancing qualities. Mm -hmm. But if you want to take those for the 11 months of the year outside that window or whatever it might be for, you know, the world championships, then, you know, you're not cheating. Are we pro-steroids? <laughs> are we the baddies? Basically, do steroids. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. It's taking a dangerous Take therapy. steroids, win, win, win. That's the way it goes. No, yeah. I definitely hope we can figure something out eventually. Figure something out how to how to even the playing field a little bit more. Mm. Um, to be honest, I think that jujitsu kind of helps with that, right? I mean, like you know, let, let's be honest. Like good jujitsu for me will always be that the greatest level. Ah, but juicy jujitsu meeting good jujitsu. Right? <laughs> juicy jujitsu, I like that, man. Maybe she has some t-shirts made with that. Juicy jujitsu. Juicy jujitsu jiu slash like big. Slash but you, you did pose an interesting question on your Facebook there. How many athletes would wear this patch? How many? Can we just, uh, let's flip this around. So let's get this up on the, uh, up on the screen there. Can we see that? There we go. <laughs> Other way. This right here. Guys. That there you go. All hey. natural, steroid-free BJJ. This is, this is <laughs> All a, natural. <laughs> this is a patch that my friend Felipe Costa made. Felipe, of course, is a uh, former world champion IBJJF rooster weight. And uh, very outspoken critic of anybody who is a, a performance-enhancing user. And, uh, I mean, it is a very good question. I asked the question, how many people would wear a patch like that? How many people could wear a patch like that? And the resulting conversation, whew, so everybody's diving on it. Kit Dale, Gordon Ryan, Abraham Mate. Uh, Olivia Guhavska, Tommy Langak. We know you've got a pretty fire Facebook account. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, no, I mean, DJ Jackson says that he'd wear it proudly. Kit Dale, Joao Gabriel Hocha, Tammy Wasimechi, they're all saying, like, yeah, that they so would there are, wear there's that. Are, so, there's some supporters. I like there's Gabriel's response supporters. there. How many could say they could? Yeah. <laughs> I just Absolutely. wouldn't want the scrutiny. You know, I put the patch on, and immediately all eyes are on me saying, well, where'd you get those? Those guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, right. Clearly, you're on the horse pills. So. <laughs> but hey, when you've got this vegan movement in uh, jiu-jitsu at the moment as well, like, uh, mm. you know, it's kind of interesting that you've got guys who are sort of going that far away from, you know, like, man, if meat is, is considered, a, you know, a, a, an off-topic subject, or an, uh, sorry, a substance that you wouldn't ingest, then those guys are going to be super against Things like you think so. Answers. You would think so. <laughs> you would think yeah, I don't know. They're talking about maybe an animal being an, uh, I don't know, like a mental entity or something that's that's sentient. Whereas steroids might just be vitamins, bro. No problem. <laughs> yeah, very good point. So you're saying if they're not doing it for their health, but just the sentience argument. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know their position, yeah. but yeah. Well, <laughs> very hot topic. And the problem is, though, it's very difficult to actually get anybody in jiu-jitsu. This, this is the most open conversation I've literally ever seen on the topic. People saying yes or no, they would or they wouldn't. They have or they haven't. Or how they feel about it. But in general, it's really difficult Test to everyone get everyone says they wouldn't. <laughs> but it's really difficult to get people to even talk about it properly, right? Like guys, it's like, oh, you yeah, want to talk about that, sure. you know, don't want to piss anybody off. And, you know, there's always those feelings. side smiles when you, because you look at certain gyms and you think, man, that guy's got to be on it. And you ask someone loosely about the steroid issue 
and everyone's got this coy smile. I go, I don't know about that. I've seen things, and it's you don't want to like betray your teammates either. But that. But then on the other hand, yeah. I've I've seen uh, sorry, I've spoken to people who train in locations where you'd think it would be like oh, they probably like all you know like just hand them out like candy in that gym, and then guys are literally like no. Never, never come up in top in conversation once. If it, it does happen, it's super clandestine. First rule about so. steroids: don't talk about it. <laughs> what's it? About Chase, what's it like to yeah. do steroids? <laughs> <laughs> you feel powerful, bro. <laughs> you feel powerful. Awesome. Well, who knows? Maybe one day we can actually get a, uh, a proper conversation going, and we might even be able to get some guys go on the record. And I think if we were talk about it, then uh, let's see where that leads. Huh? Cool. Well. On that note, I think this is a perfect time to uh, to bring things to a close. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. So heel hook, dick moves, and steroids in jujitsu. What a wild <laughs> hour this has been. Oh, I like that headline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Uh, catch you again next week for another episode of Fistful of Collars.